A man and his daughter deal with his descent into dementia. A revolutionary is targeted by the FBI. A screenwriter fictionalizes Hearst. A man moves his family to Arkansas to plant a big garden. A widow travels the country in her van. A former medical student seeks revenge. A drummer loses his hearing. And a group of protesters have their day in court. This time on a very special episode of the Oscar should go to 2020. And the Oscar goes to... The Oscar goes to. Here we are. Ugh, we're in the year of our Lord, 2021, and we're finally doing the Oscars. Two months later. Two months later, I am very tired. This I don't know. I don't know how this is going to go. Yeah, this is going to go rough for e- for old Mego. Speaking of rough, <laughs> why are you tired? <laughs> <laughs> well, Maddie. Because we got a new puppy, mm-hmm. which we will hold in the picture today so everybody can see her. And yeah. she's precious and adorable and gets up around 6 a.m. and uh, pees a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my cats get up um, around 6 a.m. every single day. They got trained um, for a period of time when I was having to give one of the cats uh, insulin every 12 hours. So I would do it at 6 and 6. Oh, my God. Um, so now that's what when they expect to eat. So I have woken up at 6 a.m. to feed the cats forever. I can't remember the last time I didn't have to get... I, You know, sometimes I get to go back to bed afterwards, but when I... um, Is that why you always look like shit? Yeah, that is. Oh, my God. It's because I... It's because of pets. (laughs) See, this is a new thing for me. Usually I... You get up at like 9... Between 9.30 and 12.30 every single day. Like 8 and 8.30. 8 and 8.30. 6 is rough. Is totally rough. Listen, this is what happens when you're a new parent. Yeah, I guess so. God, yeah. really making the argument against children. Yeah. Anyway. Sorry, this the energy, we got to pep it up because we're talking 2020. Yeah. Hey, which 2020 was, was great. Yeah. I, love, I love that year. <laughs> got, when I, I, I'm so excited when I think about 2020. It was such a good <laughs> year that definitely we need to meet the year's energy. <laughs> which was so high. Of course, this is our Oscars episode, our annual Oscar Now episode. We have with us our forever Now Oscar episode guest, Maddie Smith. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Maddie Smith. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. People are so excited. They gave it. Yeah. I don't give a shit. Um, so. <laughs> Thanks, guys. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> Thank you, Craig and Megan. Um, so we will, as always, we will go through the nominees just fully in alphabetic order because we don't know who's going to win. We yet. don't know who's going to win. We have our suspicions. We have our suspicions, but we don't know. Um, and then um, we'll talk about you know some of the other categories, some other movies from the year. Sure. You know, we'll do our thing. Sure. We're just going to talk Oscars. We're going to talk the year in film, which I would say overall was not a bad year. It wasn't a particularly strong year, but it was. Be- it ended up being better than I thought it was going to be at the outset. I think I would agree that it was better than I expected, but I was looking at my full list of movies today, which it's like 140 movies Mm -hmm. for the 2020 into February, end of February, 2021 year. And there are only like, maybe like 17 or 18 that I was like, yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, I'd watch that movie again. Yeah. 
Um, that's not which, good. That, those aren't which that's good low. Ads. That feels low. Yeah, that feels low. Yeah. Um, should we just jump in with two feet? Yeah, I think so. I think we're ready to go. Great. I got. I we got stuff. We got stuff. We got dogs to clean up after. So let's fucking make it happen. Yeah. So um, because we want to. Reach the energy of 2020. That's, that's Let's start with <laughs> the father. <laughs> <laughs> the dog just looked up like, what the fuck is happening? Good, good. Get used to it. Get used to it. Clint. El Padre. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think I should cut my hair like Olivia Coleman in this movie? I don't think you have the face for it. Yeah. Okay. That's, <laughs> you know what? That's what I was waiting for. Yeah. And thank you for telling me that. She's great, man. He's great, too. Everybody's good in this movie, which could also be called, This is a Play! <laughs> right. Uh, which it, it is. It, it was is. a play. It was. It was. It, it is. I, I'm, I'm sure it still exists as a play. Yeah, it still exists as a play. Frank Langella, one of your favorites, Ugh. actually played the role on Broadway. Fuck that guy. <laughs> I hate that guy. Um, yeah, I really liked uh, him. I liked, I mean, I liked this movie. It's, it was fine. Yeah. Here's what I, I think it's an interesting um, way to tackle the subject. Because I feel like usually when you get like a dementia movie, you get something like Away From Her, where it's really focused on the people, primarily focused on the right. people around. Mm-hmm. Whereas I thought the point of view of the father is really interesting, um, particularly with like the shifting perspectives of, you know, Olivia Coleman versus, oh, now it's Olivia Williams. Yeah. And, the two um, Olivias. Yeah. Yeah, I will say, um, I do think it's interesting. It makes it a tougher watch, just well, because you, a movie with an unreliable narrator like that is, at times, frustrating. Do you need to say what it's about? Because I, I didn't personally know anything much about this movie. You I feel like this is the least known of all the all the candidates, and I literally, I I mean, I turned to Megan, and like, as the credits were rolling at the start, and I was like, <laughs> I have no clue what this movie is about. Turns out it's very sad. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, Anthony Hop, Sir Anthony Hopkins, um, mm. plays that, uh, Olivia Coleman's the father, <laughs> <laughs> and um, he is basically suffering from dementia. He's at the beginnings, in the middle of dementia, I guess, like and kind then? of full blown yeah. dementia by the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know that there's that much more to explain. It kind of, I feel like it is a movie that sort of needs to be watched because, yeah. like you no, said. I think that's the, enough, though. That's like a, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I think the acting is very strong. Like I said, I thought, particularly because it's the playwright directed it, I thought it had a pretty good directorial vision mm-hmm. for a first-time director. Yeah. Um, yeah. I wish I had more to say about the father. Me too. I wish I had. Well, I wish I could talk about the father for a long time, but oh, I don't think I can talk, I can about, talk the about the father. father. Jump Thanks. into it. Let's go. Um, let's see. Great you apartment. Also, beautiful apartment. Oh, the apartment was nice. Um, yeah. No, no. But I, I, I think I. That my one thing about that. I think it's like it's one of those funny movies. There's actually a few movies I think that on this list that did this sort of thing where like it. Did, it was like yeah, like you said, it was like the point of view of dementia. And it did such a good job of like kind of being that point of view that the frustrations of dementia are passed on to the viewer. Like yeah. obviously we're yeah. not, you know experiencing it, but I but I think there were times when like you didn't quite know what was real because it was kind of For like sure. oh is he seeing this person and who is this person and what actually happened? Yeah, and you can kind of get the picture by the end. But I think there are some times when it is like a little bit frustrating, and and it's like oh is that an effective? It's effective filmmaking, but I don't know if it's, like, satisfying. Yeah. Sure. And I feel like this year I leaned way more into movies that were satisfying right. than, like, that sort of, like, whereas in the past I would enjoy 
like a comfort. More you wanted you wanted something more comforting. Yeah, much more comforting. You wanted Why? something what like was going on? like when you were having like oh. like becoming a child again. You wanted someone to take you in their arms and cradle you. Yeah, even though you're an 85 year old man. I will say, look, That's, I also that was heartbreaking. I also like you guys are actors and you guys are more into like the well, whole. Complete, we were at I one mean. point, <laughs> but you're you're more Used you're more be. you're more cognizant of the whole picture of a performance. I I like. Leaning in on like that one moment, like having like I want I want or I I guess I should say I, I like the whole picture, but like I want if if someone's gonna be like award worthy, I want them to have at least one scene I can point to. Yeah, and like my favorite performance of the year, we'll get to, and I think it's probably your guys's too. But it has like the scene that's the obvious one. But then this one had like that you know towards the end. There's like my you know where like Anthony Hopkins breaks down, uh-huh. mm-hmm. like kind of his Captain Phillips Tom Hanks yeah. ending moment. And it was like so good and effective and sad and sweet and beautiful that I think even, I don't know. I think the whole movie is it redeems is, the whole movie. Yeah, I mean, not, not redeem, not that the movie needed to be redeemed, but I think it, it does. Yeah, it makes the it, it summarizes the movie it and brings work. it all together yeah. and like just is like okay, like it just it just makes it like a complete like powerful picture. Whereas I think sometimes some of these a lot of these movies lacked like a punch. And then, right. like, I, that contradicts what I just said in that. A few of them right. do have that moment. Yeah. But that's, that's, like, a big thing for me. It's like, oh, I need, like, I need, like, that punch moment. Like, give me at least one or two moments. Ideally many. But, right. like, one or two moments that really I can look at as, like, a really powerful moment that, like, summarized my feelings on the movie. And that really did it for me. Like, in, in a way that I think few of, probably the best of any any of these. Hey, so she did go to Paris, by the way? Now I'm sa- now that we're talking about yeah. this, I'm like, yeah, but then... But Afterwards, later. Yeah, but for a long time, he was like, she's going to Paris, and he was like, I don't know why he's saying that. He's, But I'm like, but you did. So well, why are you making him feel even crazier? Well, I feel like you can kind of like... You can turn this movie into like a memento or like a Babadook or something like that. Where yeah, you, I know, where but like he's not like kind seeing re- the future. But I think maybe the whole movie like he's in... Going in the he's past. In, he's, in the, he's in the home or whatever the whole time. Yeah. Is the way I could see it. Because right. Olivia Williams shows up as his daughter like right. very early on, like right. 10, 15 minutes in. Right. And at that point, I didn't know what the movie was about. And I was like, ooh. The scene that... The scene, <laughs> Did she get switched? The other scene in the movie, actually, that I really love is the scene with Imogen Poots early on when like he's being like his most charming. And yes. then he kind of like... Yes. Does the... T- the tap dancing yeah. thing. Well, but then when he's yeah, and then he's like her her ability to have that inane laughter and like yeah. just gets really mean. And I mm-hmm. feel like that is something that you hear about obviously with dementia patients also that there's this like exchange like extreme change in personality. Yeah, so this turn on a dime. Yeah. I don't know. I'm too tired to parse it out right now. But uh, anyway, the performances as, are good. As the child of a parent. Um, you seems a like a seems like a dream yeah. scenario. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I but will it, say but it did a good is, job capturing. Like, yeah. Matt, my, my, Maddie, Maddie was like, "I don't want that to happen to me," and I was like, "I don't want you don't that want that to happen to, to me either." Either, you don't like, want to deal I'd with rather it. be. I don't want to deal with it. Yeah. Give me the. T- I mean, that's to me also like that's the most terrifying thing in the world. I yeah. mean, I think all I have is my brain for whatever good it is worth. But uh, and like just so, the idea of it going. Can like, you guys, can I just you guys, hate that idea. Like can you guys, later, um, that's my greatest fear. And so this really hit on a. Would you guys promise us right now that you will amour each other if if we get to that situation? Did, what did they do in that movie? They just kill each other? Yeah, I think he kills her in the a murder suit. Oh. I don't, I don't for remember. sure. Oh. For sure. I mean, I'm already close. I thought maybe it was just like, will you document it? <laughs> yeah, will you get Michael so Hanukkah to come in and just film it? Megan deal He'll with still us. be around, right? Uh, well, you know what? We're, we can't leave Quinn, but we can't leave Quinn. Quinn's the puppy. Quinn's the dog, by the way. I would, I, I'm hoping that none of you fall deep into the throes of dementia within the next 
20 years. No, fingers crossed. Fingers um, crossed. That's possible. Although there are some things that have happened that I would love to forget. Yeah. I just, sorry, as we're talking about this movie, I think this is a really beautiful movie. I will say, yeah. I was. Yeah. Can I? I will say, I was going in like thinking this would be. <laughs> it's mad at me because there's always like one or two movies that I'm like, I don't need to see it to have seen it, and like The Darkest Hour is one of those. Like, <laughs> right. When I was like, I don't need to see Darkest Hour. Like, sure, Gary Oldman can have the Oscar, whatever. I'm not going to watch this movie. Well, this, and this movie, I thought was kind of going to be one of those where I'm like, oh, it's some drama, yada yada, and it ended up being much more than I thought it would be. Yeah. And I really, I yeah. thought it was really, really good, and I, it was, and it was, it was very watchable. It wasn't yeah. boring at I all. Think, it kept I think this movie got really discounted. I always knew it was going to get nominated for Best Picture because there, every single year there is a British film that gets nominated. I think people discount how many British members of the Academy there are. Right. And this is actually, I think, more upper echelon for that movie, like, you know, Philomena or The Darkest Hour, as you yeah. mentioned. Like, every year since they expanded to, yeah. you know, five to ten nominees, there's yeah. something that gets nominated mm-hmm. that's just like, oh, that's a very British film, and a yeah. bunch of the Brits voted for it, yeah. so. Yeah. Um, but it's good. And then, like, I, and I just will say, it, like, was paced really well. Right. Like, it, for being yeah. a play, because usually plays feel stiff, and I think it's just this play happened to work well as a movie, yeah. the way yeah. it It actually, may, I had, I feel like it maybe works better as a movie. Yeah, I feel I'm, like I'm really curious how the actors Well, I was thinking about that too because stuff. yeah, the act, I think if you're in it depending on the size of the theater, you might think, not immediately notice that I think people also, are different. Well, I think they've changed it a lot because I think the play is only like four characters. Oh. Okay. Well, I just want, I just so yeah. I don't know how exactly it is. Well, there's only like five in this. Well, there's the Rupert friend character there's two, and hus- two quote two unquote husbands, husbands, two quote unquote two wives. Imogen. Yeah, two daughters, right. Imogen Poots. Which one is Rupert? So there's the like Olivia no, Coleman's Rufus Sewell. It's Rufus, Rufus Sewell. Sewell. Sorry, Rupert that's Mur- what I mean. Murdoch. Rupert Murdoch. Yes, <laughs> yes, Rupert Murdoch. <laughs> I was, I'm pretty sure it was Rupert yeah, Murdoch. Rupert Murdoch. It was a surprise. I will check IMDb, <laughs> but I'm positive that's Rupert Murdoch. Rufus Sewell always plays such a fucking little shit. Well, his face kind of looks look, like yeah, an yeah, asshole. Yeah, he's got he that look. He's probably like super nice though. Yeah, it's the nice people that are always like. Yeah, it's like the Draco Malfoys that are the nice people. Yeah. Yeah, guys, we have um, to move on. Okay, then let's do it. Let's we talk ha- about. We ha- I know you want to talk about the. I'm kind of revving up on the. Fo- I'm I know. Let's talk about I know. You okay, play. so so we're gonna move on, and if you'll just repeat after me, real quick. I am. I am a revolutionary. A revolutionary. We're gonna talk about Judas and the Black Messiah next. I <laughs> am. So a revolutionary. I actually think you're talking about it different because I think this is the performance of the year. This is the one I was talking about. Great. Yeah. Daniel Kaluuya, I think, <laughs> this is, is yeah. and, and, by far the performance yeah. of the year. For sure. Like, so in New York, I think it's the Drama League, they do an award every year for best performance. And they nominate like 50 people. Wow. And you can only win once in your career. Ooh. So what they'll do is they'll nominate all these people. One person will win. They'll also like, let's say I'm... Glenn Close and I won in 1980. Let's say you are Glenn Close. <laughs> that would be amazing. Let's say I'm Mama. Um, and she won in 19, you know, 90 for Sunset Boulevard the musical. I don't know if that's true. Let's so but she was in something else this year and she was great in it. She'll also get mentioned but she cannot win. She can't win. Mm, okay. But I think if the Academy Awards did this, like Daniel Kaluuya would get my vote. Like I think this is the most like, I can't imagine anyone else playing the role the way he played yeah. it. Yeah. And yeah. we literally have someone else playing Fred Hampton in an Academy Award-nominated yes. movie yeah. this year. Yeah. So yeah. Agreed. Um, Agreed. 
uh, he's incredible. It's and it's also interesting too because there's a lot of good people in this movie, and he overshadows them all, which yeah. is uh, I feel like it's hard to. Lakeith Stanfield has uh, charisma for days, so right. I feel like it's hard to overshadow him, and um, he does. Yeah. Um, I really, I mean, I'm on record about this movie that, um, I love this film. Um, I don't think it's perfect. I don't, I did not have a five star movie this year, which is mm-hmm. the first, usually I have one or two. Um, I think I had like three or four last year. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is as close as it gets. There are some like quibbles. Like I think we've talked about, like, I think there is like an age issue. You know, Fred mm-hmm. Hampton was 21 when he died. Lakeith Stanfield's character was supposed to be. 17 I think at the start of the movie these guys are both in their late 20s early 30s um which they're both great performances I do think once you get those postscripts it takes something away from it because I think it would have been interesting to see someone that young play those roles um I also don't really understand why they feel the need to sort of soften Jesse Plemons character yeah that was a weird um which I have actually the same issue when we get to trial of the Chicago seven, it's like, you know, there can be super bad guys, Martin Sheen as like Hoover. Like we can be like, he's the worst, but that doesn't mean everybody else has to be kind of good. And I felt like at times they tried to make it seem like Jesse Plemons was okay. And there's, I don't know if it was, there was a part of scene. I think the other, there was like a scene in the middle too, where he like was like, wait a minute. Like, or he was, he was a, or whatever. It was that their informant or whatever was right. the one who committed murder. Like their guy yeah. committed murder and then was being used as a scapegoat. And like he and like it felt like he was being used more as like a narrative device to like call out that this is bad. Right. So that we can like make it clear like, oh, that was bad that we did. Like that was bad that, they, you know. That yeah, just the scene though, like when it seems like Hoover's like invoking his family to be like, oh, he's having to do this also yeah. because he's also being threatened. It's like, mm, mm-hmm. not really. Yeah, we should, don't yeah. Need, like whoever doesn't need to be Thanos in yeah. this universe. It, like, feels, <laughs> it feels a little out, like a little bit outdated movie make like movie. I don't know. You know, I mean, just in the way that movies have become less and less like, you know, rah rah American propagandistic. Yeah. It felt like it still was in that kind of more traditional thing of like we need like a good guy cop, right, to like fill in that role. Um, and I think like this story especially is one that should not really have good guy cops. Like no. anything about the sixties should not have good guy cops really. Cause they were not, I mean, I think if you're, you know, <laughs> I don't know where we get into. Well, the, well, no, the thing is, <laughs> I think if you're politics. showing this movie, like you take like that element of it out, like you can judge for yourself, like, like watching the movie, you can be like, what Fred Hampton was trying to do, build up this rainbow coalition with these hillbillies and the, and these Puerto Ricans and trying to bring the whole city together be like, it is not a race issue. It is a class issue in Chicago mm-hmm. right now. That's what we need to deal with. Um, but at the same time, I think you can also look and be like, well, you know, do I want that guy, even though these cops are being terrible to people in a shop, do I want him to come in and just pull out a gun and start firing at cops? There's obviously gray areas yeah. there. Yeah. But I think you can let us decide that for ourselves yeah. in scenes like that, as opposed to like beating our heads over yeah. Yeah. with it. I just yeah. think it's, 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 it was, that was like, like I kind of was mad at that. And I don't know, like, I guess I don't know if there was some FBI agent who had a little bit more of that, like hesitance, but I really doubt it. But like, I know, knew the story of Fred Hampton going in and that kind of my whole thing in the movie is it's really well done, but it's like just tough to watch this when you know it ends in him being like murdered in his sleep. Right. Yeah. And, and that's why I think especially like, I don't, 
even if there was like an FBI agent who doubted it a little, let's it's not, not pretend he's story. like a hero well, but even, for even kind if, of doubting it when he literally like he, gave a man like drugs to give to someone so that they could murder him in his yeah, sleep. Even right? Like it they, just is like, don't, don't, even you don't if need they, to do that. Even if they, if there was an FBI agent felt bad, it's not their story to yeah. tell. That's not, it's not about them. So we, I don't need to have like a humanizing sort right. of like and you moment. Get, and you get, and I guess actually like what I was saying before, they used like him kind of to call it out. I was like, Hey, wait a minute. Isn't this bad? Like it feels like the Keith Stanfield is that role. Yeah. yeah. And he's sitting at the dinner table, like being at the dining table being told like, give him this drug. Right. Um, yeah, you just don't need it. And it felt, it felt yeah, a little strange. And I thought it was like, I was like, Oh, is this going to become, and it didn't become anything. Like if it, if there was some real life part of the story where he actually, Later on, I don't know, participated in some sort of like redemption or whatever. Yeah, um, that would have been one thing, but there wasn't. It yeah, was like just if he like, had like been there and gotten shot the night Fred Hampton got killed because he showed up and tried to stop the yeah. FBI yes. raid. Yeah. Like that's one thing. Yeah, that's but one that thing. But he didn't. didn't happen. Yeah, like, he just happened. let it happen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he kind of helped, and I don't. Yeah, I don't really have any sympathy for him. That being said, does Jesse Plemons not just have the best career in Hollywood right he now? Wow. It's just it's wild. He just never misses. No. Everything <laughs> is, he's always in good shit. Isn't yeah. that crazy? That guy, he'd been touched by an angel. Yeah. By Although, the way, it's such a funny thing to like, this, I, I like watching Friday Night Lights, like when it was on, it's like, if you had told me that of all the people on that show, that guy was going to be the big star, I would have, I would have slapped you. <laughs> I would have not <laughs> believed you. I feel like it kind of follows, though, in the, like, it's always, like, the so- the funny, likable side. It's, like, the Chris Pratt of Parks and Rec or something. It's always, sure. like, the funny, likable, like, side guy that, like, endears Yeah, but themselves. he wasn't that funny or likable. Landry? Landry? Lance? It was a whole running bit that he was yeah, called Yeah, I know, but that's... I think he was kind of more likable. Remember when Lance murdered that guy? <laughs> yeah, murdered that, that guy. was pretty crazy. <laughs> 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 yeah. He did murder And they kind of just swept it away. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I and then, that... you know what? He just kept going on and doing bad things. Remember when he murdered that boy on Breaking Bad? He's yeah. a bad person. He's Jesse bad Plemons guy. is a bad man. He does he play a bad guy. He's got the look. He's got the look. He's, He's got, got that Rufus Sewell look. look. Yeah. yeah. But I, I, I think this, I love this, I love this movie too, Craig. And, um, and I think it's like nice to get like the real, like, re, like more real stories of the civil rights movement. Like yeah. it's weird. It's, this feels like kind of the start of it. Like this feels Did like. Did you the, feel like there weren't like enough like white saviors though in this movie? Like I know we talked about like Jesse Clemens. Kind of like, there could have been like someone like telling Fred Hampton like, hey man, you know what would be good? Yeah. Like if we could have just gotten like a scene with, I don't know, um, like. Well, Jesse Plemons should have been outside the raid and then they walk out of the raid and yeah. he's like, we shouldn't have done this. This was wrong. That's smart. And then they're like, no. That's smart. Is this when we badge, get into dude. Trial of the Chicago Seven? <laughs> no, not that'll, that'll round it up. But I was <laughs> thinking like, what if like Ryan Phillippe was like Fred Hampton's like, was in prison with him and was like, hey, what if you said this at your speech? <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Yeah. But I, but I just, yeah. And I think that like, it's cool that like Fred Hampton was. Given such a good performance, yeah. I also yeah. want to shout out Dominique Fishback, who I think is yeah. pretty great. And everyone was great too. Yeah, yeah, and and like Lakeith Stanfield, I love. I like like that guy a lot. Yeah. Um, I had, we Megan and I had the discussion of like who's like a bigger star, Lakeith Stanfield or Daniel Kaluuya, and I think like well after neither, this Kaluuya, but yeah, I, I think, think neither neither has Kaluuya. like totally broken, and neither is like I think broken through to like yeah. big stardom. And I feel like Lakeith Stanfield is the one to me that like ha- if there's the, like there's a right role for him that will make him like. Right. Yeah. The big star. Even yeah. though Daniel Kaluuya is fantastic. I think Kaluuya, it's similar that, like, I think he just hasn't, um, he hasn't chosen wrong mm-hmm. yet. Yeah. 
Whereas like Lakeith Stanfield did the photograph with this array, which sounded like a good idea. And they're both fine in it, but it, the yeah. movie doesn't work. Whereas yeah. like Daniel Kaluuya like went from Get Out to like, I like Widows maybe more than some people do. But I like I think Widows. He's, he was cool in Widows. He was, though. Really yeah, cool. it was a great role in Widows. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Here's the thing though. Lakeith Stanfield, uh, if I may, is... No, you may not. Hot. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Danny Clue is good looking too, but I'm like, Lakeith Stanfield is going to be a star I mean, the, for the reason he that is he the is. the baby father of one of your classmates. Is he? Yeah. Oh. From, um, Who what's her name? Who did he have a baby from? With, um, from Precious. Zosha? Yeah. He had a baby with Zosha? Yeah. They have a child together. Oh my I think God. They're, I think they're still together. I don't know for sure, but Zosha. I know they have a child with each other. Good yeah. for you, girl. Yeah. Good Lord. Hmm. I don't know Zosha. <laughs> well, she went to college with me, and she apparently getting that good, good Keith. Yeah. Anyway, if you uh, like Dominique Fishback, I want to recommend um, the the Deuce. Oh, she's in that. Yeah. Hmm. Um, which I went and re caught up with, and actually really enjoyed. I know people really like that. Mm, yeah. Frank, one of the Francos is in that, right? Well, it's James, and he plays two roles, two roles. and that's a little rough to watch James Franco. Okay. But <laughs> Maggie Gyllenhaal honestly is giving like one of the performances of the decade. And really. It's totally ignored. No one gives <laughs> yeah. a shit. Yeah. Let's move on yeah. to Mank. Mank. Let's Ugh. talk about Mank, baby. Mank. Let's, Let's talk, talk about, about Gary. Oh, that's, good. that's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, this movie does not feel like a full movie to me. This feels like the the first two episodes of like a of like a uh, like a mini series. Um, it just doesn't. Uh, it just doesn't come together in the way that I... Right now. Yeah. <laughs> over me. Yeah. O- over me, it just doesn't come together <laughs> right now. Um, but, uh, I mean, it looks really cool. Like, I like the decision to film in black and white. It looks cool. I'm I'm less in... I think something I learned about myself... Here's the thing that I learned about myself. I'm less and less interested in the story of Citizen fucking Kane. How many times are we going to talk about the story of Citizen fucking Kane? I don't know. Uh, but I think I'm I think I'm full up. I think I'm good. RKO two eighty one. I think I'm good. That's all. I was so excited for this movie. Like Megan knows, like when the trailer came out, I like showed it to her. Yeah. And I was like, look at it. They got the look and all that stuff. And I even made Megan watch Citizen Kane because <laughs> she'd never seen it before. Um, and then we watched this movie and it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's I don't know. It's my least favorite. Because oh, I I mean I. I agree with Megan that it doesn't feel like there's enough of a story there or if like just there's no like clear battle between like Mank and anybody. Like I think it's like set up to be kind of Hearst, but that just kind of comes up at the end. He has like a big speech at the end where he like yells and stuff and it feels like that should be the start of the movie. Yeah, agreed. But then the reality of it is that wasn't like in the real story of him, there wasn't more to the story. So obviously it has to be the end of the movie. But like the, the thing about the movie that really... I don't know, just didn't work. And it's kind of one of those things that like, oh, you see it in action. I'm like, oh, that doesn't actually work. It sounded like a good idea. It was all the stylistic moves that they made. Like all the, they did all the Citizen Kane, all the little innovations that Citizen Kane did and all the wipes and all the everything. They did a ton of that stuff and it was just distracting to me. Like it just felt like it totally took away from the movie and the story to do that sort of stuff because it felt like it was in service of referencing the movie it was about rather than what it was in Citizen Kane, which was like, a young filmmaker getting to do whatever you want, kind of fucking around and doing these cool things that did actually service the story. And it's like, like wearing the t-shirt of the band that you're going to see to their concert. It's not cool. You know what I mean? 
It's not cool. Is that your luster bangs? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I kind of disagree with you. So I've seen all these movies at least twice. And I think technically, for me, that's what's really interesting about this movie. I find the technical direction and the design sort of awesome. I think the movie is soulless. Mm. And I think the biggest problem for me, even though I think he is actually good in the movie, is I think Gary Oldman is not the right person to be in the movie. I actually think all the like major performances around him are really good. I think Charles Dance is great as Hearst. I think yeah. Amanda Seyfried's very good. I think Lily Collins is really good. Yeah. I think Tuppets Middleton is really good. Yeah. Like, I think they're all really good. And so I don't know what's missing because I don't think Oldman is giving like a bad performance. It's just not, it's not interesting to watch Gary Oldman play drunk for two hours. No, it's really not. It's really not. The thing about Gary Oldman, that's an, he's an interesting actor. He's kind of always Gary Oldman. Like even when he, I, I mean, maybe that's not the right thing. I, I think maybe what I'm, I think maybe he's obviously a good actor, but I see the, I see him working at it. Mm-hmm. I see him. I see him working, and it does. It's not as effortless as uh, as I think the other people in this movie. And I think that's why when you have a, a movie like this movie or The Darkest Hour or whatever that's completely based around him, he's just not. It's not compelling enough of a. It's not seamless enough of a performance that I want to watch it for that that amount of time. I I, I yeah. I think him. he is better in small doses, like yes. in something like The Contender. Like yeah. I think that's a great performance, but he's you know like the third lead or whatever. Absolutely, so he's not like the person we're focused on the entire movie. Absolutely, and in that movie, he's he's good, but also you see him like really like I'm gonna make these choices, you know, and and they and listen, they work. They're good choices, but it's just it's not as it's not as impressive to watch as somebody right. like Seyfried, who's barely in this movie, but yeah. really like just seems like she is from this time mm-hmm. and seems like she is from this period and also looks amazing. Like the costume design on her star, star sidebar is incredible that just the, all of her looks are so cool. I, I feel like this movie also though, it like, it's like the peak of the trope of like Hollywood movies about the writer being like unappreciated. Right. Like it's kind of a cloying cliche. As a writer, Maddie, do you feel unappreciated? Yes. <laughs> but I, <laughs> I take that out with weed and alcohol <laughs> rather than <laughs> writing a, like a story about it. Cause I think no one gives a shit. Well, like, and, I, and, and it feels like this was like a hardcore version of like, it was yeah. like, Oh, the ultimate unappreciated writer is the guy who wrote citizen Kane. And we talk about Orson Welles and it like felt like it had a lot of that energy in it. Like of, we don't like appreciate his genius yeah. enough. And like, I mean, as I've like looks is like, you know, Amazed by how sexy, like <laughs> this frumpy Gary Oldman man is, with like his busted leg or whatever, and yeah. everything. Uh, I think you might not have the busted leg when you talk to her, but it just—it felt like it had a lot of that sort of like. Actually, he's great. You need actually, you should yeah. appreciate and like you know. He's almost as important as Fred Hampton. In this yeah, I, it, I I also agree with like your miniseries point in that I felt like the movie was trying to do three different things and it should have done one. It either should have just told the story of Mank's relationship to William Randolph Hearst, um, or it should have 
told the story about Mank first Wells, which is really only becomes like the last like 10 minutes of the yeah, movie. Right. It was or a, yeah. what Jack Fincher, David Fincher's father seemed maybe most interested in. It should have told the story about Upton Sinclair running for governor. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which like almost, it seems like it's something like completely off to the side of everything else, but it seemed like it was just something he was fascinated by, which right. is an interesting story, but I'm not, it didn't all work in a two hour and 12 minute movie. No, right? but if you made a longer, I mean, listen, I'm not that interested in it, but right. if, if, you know, the fucking Wells heads out here, whatever, the Mank heads, the Wellsians, the Wellsians, uh, if you want to like learn more about that, then yeah, yeah, why not make that a, like a longer, like a longer miniseries? Yeah. I just think as a movie, it was boring yeah. kind and, of. And again, it's like that slave to like the real story type thing. Also just in that, like, well, Upton Sinclair lost. Yeah. And then, like, the movie came out, and, like, he did win an Oscar for it. And he did write Citizen Kane. Right. And, like, maybe in the moment it was frustrating. Like, I don't yeah. know. It was, But it wasn't, like, that dramatically frustrating. That it's, but like, I super do, engaging I do sort me. of get, like, you know, if you had even said to me two years ago, who wrote Citizen Kane, I would only say Orson Welles. Well, that's... I guess, but I also know who Joseph Mankiewicz is. It's not Joseph Mankiewicz, though. It's Herman Mankiewicz. Joseph Mankiewicz is his his brother. Okay, well, then I don't know. (laughs) Well, And I watched... And can I tell you something? You watched the whole movie. Mank failed. Well, you just know him as Mank. I guess I just know him as Mank. Also, Mank. Come on, Mank. (laughs) Come on, Mank. Um, But I do want to take this moment to announce, speaking of writers, I am writing a two-hour and 15-minute film called Smith. Oh, no. Uh, (laughs) Like Smitty is yeah, my Smitty. It's my name around the lot. Yeah, it's uh, it's <laughs> Maddie. A... It's Maddie pounding out an episode of Teen Titans Go. <laughs> um, so look out for that um, com- coming to Hulu in 2023. That's going to be some scintillating yeah. stuff. It's just a lot of a lot of uh, shots of just uh, Smitty at the computer, just distracting himself with video games, and then eating Doritos, yeah. eating Doritos, <laughs> and then three hours later. Fuck! I didn't fucking finish it. <laughs> we did already sign Amanda Seyfried to play Quinn, though, so I'm pretty excited about that. Oh, she'll be play, great. Who can play me? Um, can I play myself? Well, we have an ask out. <laughs> you might just be up here as a silhouette. We have It'll an, be very stylish. <laughs> we have an ask out to Glenn Close. But we, <laughs> <laughs> I think this is it for her. This is going to be this her moment. <laughs> Let's talk about Minari. 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 Um, another movie I expected to like a lot more. Um... Uh, I, that that sounds really harsh up front. I really liked this movie, mm-hmm. but I was like, when that when I was saw the trailer, I was like, this movie is going to destroy me. I'm so excited, and um, it didn't. I mean, it was good. Yeah. Um, I think I feel similarly. I think this movie is good. I think in this year, it is a deserving best picture nominee. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Other definitely years, maybe not. It's so much. one of my favorites of these eight films. Um, but yeah, I don't, it, I just think it's like a, like a strong, like festival movie, great yeah. debut. I don't know if it's his debut debut, but like breakthrough film. Um, I think it's a super interesting story. I think it's, I voted for it at the SAG Awards for best ensemble because I yeah. think it's a really strong ensemble. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't think I was like, it didn't knock my socks off or anything. No. I'm still wearing my socks. No, socks are socks are s- s- strongly on my feet. Um, Although I'll say Alan Kim is impossibly cute. So cute, and I love <laughs> and and again, it's the story is really through his eyes. So it's pretty incredible that, um, 
like whenever a, whenever a, a movie is through the eyes of a kid, I'm always like, here we go, because it, it, they either lean like generally either lean like super like precocious or they're not interesting enough. They're yeah. not very good, and he really straddles that line of like uh, of not being like overly overly annoying, overly precocious, but yeah. just like a real kid. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's good. Do you have anything Would to say about Minari? No, I, I feel bad because I kind of feel just the same. Like, yeah. it was just very good. It was yeah. very pleasant. I loved the family, and I really, like, cared about them yeah. wanted them to do well. You want good things. Um, I mean, and it, it, like, the thing of, like, the dad did, it's almost like if he struggled, I mean, he, I mean, obviously the fire is devastating to them and stuff, but, like, he did pretty okay. I don't know if he did pretty okay. It was like he went and, like, found a buyer in the city and stuff. Right. And yeah. it was, like, good, and I was like, oh, good. Like and I was yeah. happy for that, but then that doesn't like. Did you guys tell me that... a ton in a way? Is that weird? No. Is that, like, like it was. Yeah. It was very. It was almost like too pleasant. It was yeah. almost in a, in a weird way. Even though there was like, there was heartbreak and there yeah. was it wasn't. Yeah. Again, like, I was more was interested. It's sad, funny but... because like I if you, like now I'm thinking about it, and like I think I was more interested in watching the father, which again I thought was going to be kind of you know like that that. And by a that you bit... mean the film The Father, not Stephen Yoon in no. Minari. <laughs> No, although that guy is also, I'm interested in that guy. Um, but it had more of a forward momentum. I I generally like movies that are a little more meandery, but I don't know. I don't know. There's something about it that left, that, that again, like we said, like it left me not cold, but just a little more, I thought I was going to really cry and be yeah. like really. If you had to choose between being a chicken sexer and a diviner, which mm-hmm. one would you choose? As a career. Great question. Great question. I mean, diviner easily for me. Yeah. It yeah. seems like that's like a less um, sure like paycheck. Well, I didn't. That's the reason I said Well, I didn't realize well, that I don't they. Gu- I don't guarantee water in my <laughs> divining service. I get payment up front. Yeah. I didn't realize that, realize that they destroy the males. That makes me sad. Yeah. They, yeah, don't, taste, sad. they don't taste good. Yeah. I, I, and as some, I can tell you as someone that eats... Like young chicks, yeah. Um, the female, <laughs> okay. <laughs> like if you just like pop some of those on like a stick and like just roast over the fire, yeah, you can tell it's a it's oh, a right. much. You got fired from your job as a chicken because <laughs> <That's laughs> right. you got caught eating your <laughs> chicks that's right. on the job. That's right. That's right. I will say though, that's I why did... I had to relocate to California. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's really it's good. It's great. It was good. And yeah, like it should be nominated. Yeah. Um, yeah, just like it like that bunch. But I will say it also I like have I like this is one of those movies where I turned to Megan and like part way through and I was like, Man, it is insane how few movies we have about Asian Americans. Yeah. yeah. And their experiences that are especially movies that aren't about like even and I think I had this thought when it was when it when the detail was not like it was a reveal reveal, but when we found out that like, oh, they've been in the US for a while because I didn't know going I didn't know if they were immigrants because I didn't I kind of avoided all these movies reading yeah. about them this year. Um and so it was like, oh, they've been in the U.S. for a while, so it's not about immigrating. Yeah. Right. So, like, that's, like, the wide majority of the very few movies that already exist about, like, Asian Americans. And this was just about them, like, having a life in America. And, it, like, it's bonkers how rare that is. Yeah. Um, and so it was, like, nice to – like, it, yeah. I'd love to see more movies about that subject. Yeah. And, yeah. It, and it is a great – like, it's great that it's getting this recognition, like, not just because it should, but also because it should help. If, like expand, yeah. you know, the if, types of movies we see. If you had a fire bin, Chekhov's fire bin, if you will, would you place it that close to your shed? No, I would not. I felt like it was a little too close to the shed no matter what. Yeah. Well, they learned but a I lesson. Guess, yeah. Well, you know what it is? When you make a mistake like that, then you learn a lesson. Yeah. You learned a mm-hmm. lesson. Yeah. So you think when they rebuilt the shed, they 
they I think they it. put it a little further away. Or do you think they built it in the same place and just moved the fire bin? Mm, it feels like it, it would be easy to move the fire bin. But yeah. then, of course, the shed is burned down. I don't like food waste, so that was another thing that was upsetting to me. I think I already pitched this guys this to you, but I don't think I did it on podcast. My, um, my great movie idea, which is um, the grandmother from Minotti. Oh, yeah, you have pitched uh, this. Jung Yun, and the grandmother from shoplifters and the grandmother from, from the, the farewell, farewell um, in a multi-country, multilingual heist thriller. thriller oh, yeah. Uh, directed by director Bong. Um, although I pitched this somewhere else and someone also said, make it a revenge thriller by uh, Park Chan-wook. And I was like, oh. But um, maybe it's like a guy like has like moved from Korea to China to Japan and has yeah. like in their past, like, done something to all these women, and they kind of all band together to get well, back Because you know those three ladies fuck. You know what I mean? Oh, hell yeah. For sure. They get Have down. you seen any of her um, acceptance speeches? Did you see her BAFTA acceptance speech? No, were they fun? Um, she basically, um, it was just like, this, you know, the British are known as being so snobby, so for you to accept me, it's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, but she's yeah. also, she's great. She should win. Yeah, she's great. I don't yeah. know. I, it's kind of a weak year in that yeah, category yeah. anyway, but she should definitely But she win. should, I think she, yeah. And, and, and like you said, like, I think all the performances are great. Yeah. And this is also like a very, I think this movie is very watchable. Like it was very, like seeing oh, yeah. the scene was just enjoyable. So this is a movie that like, if it's on, I'll just watch yeah, it. Yeah, it went down easy. Yeah. 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 Nomadland. The presumptive frontrunner. Mm, great movie. Great movie. I liked this more than I thought I was going to like it. Um, man, the thing about Frances McDormand is I could kind of watch her read the phone book and be entertained. There is, she is the most, one of the most likable, curmudgeonly women imaginable. Um, and just watching her drive around is. Uh, can you think of another actress that's been in a film where we've gotten a chance to see her piss shit and <laughs> swim naked in a stream? Because <laughs> I can't think of one that we've seen all three. No. Um, Saoirse Ronan did shit in a bucket in Brooklyn, but I don't think she <laughs> hit the other two. <laughs> so, um, uh, I don't know. David Sutherland is also, I like him. Yeah. Um, this movie, so I know Maddie's a big fan of The Rider. We've talked about it before. I've been telling people that have seen this movie that they should see the writer because I think I like Nomadland slightly better, but I think what Chloe Zhao is trying to do, the writer does a better job at, which is weird. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Though. You know? Yeah, it's like that documentary, the blending yeah. of like the real yeah. and, the, and the fictional. Yeah. Because all these people in the, 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 for the most part, the, the ex, they're, they're all nomads. The, yeah. They're actual nomads. And I think that is part of the thing is I think, as good as I think, Francis McDormand and David Strathairn are, I was actually, I think, more interested in a lot of the actual nomads, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, particularly like Swanky. Mm-hmm. Love me some Love Swanky. swanky. <laughs> Love Swanky. This movie and Minari I actually did get to see in the theater. I had watched them both at home, but um, certain movies are in beautiful. the theater. So yeah, I wanted to, yeah. just because both of them were kind of so vast. Yeah. I mean... I wanted to try and see everything in the theater, but it just wasn't possible because the last week they basically pulled everything back out of the theater and now it's back in next week. I was like, great, <laughs> too late for the podcast, guys. Um, which is the thing they, they should don't be listen, thinking. Do they not listen to the podcast? It's so they strange. Give my letters. Um, yeah, I, I think I'm a little colder on Nomadland than a lot of people. And I think it's because I was more interested in the documentary elements, I think, than mm. the, the fictional elements of it. 
I, I think I really, it's funny. I, I was disappointed that I didn't get more emotional at Minari and for Nomadland, I was, I was pleased. And because I, I think this is like, we talk like they're, they're very, the two of them, I, I think are very like companion pieces for me. And, uh-huh. the, and it's like, in that it's like a, a, a kind of more ignored section of society like of american society yeah. and, and it's very and it's very much about the land right, right. like living off of the land which is weird cuz that's how i feel about mank <laughs> <laughs> he lives off of the land uh, but um but this this was interesting to me because what i didn't really expect it to to the the element that i didn't expect in in nomadland was that for the most part most of these people are choosing this. Right. I'm not saying that they have not also been marginalized and, uh, you know, like, and that they're all, she's also in a tough spot. But, um, like the fact that these people are like, this is kind of like what they, it, the, the psychology behind like the, the nomad lifestyle uh-huh. was something that I didn't expect. And I think she could have gone deeper, honestly, mm-hmm. um, into, because I was interested in that. But I think that, that when she goes to stay with David Strathairn, I that is when the movie really kicked into an, another gear for me because I was so interested in oh, he's staying, he wants her to stay. Why doesn't she? And the the why of why doesn't she stay? Which is well, because he broke those plates. Sure. Oh yeah. Fucking that doof. was devastating. That's that was that, those little things. Yeah. Breaking plates, breaking glasses. Yeah. I go there's two moments. When broke plates in, plates in this movie when they broke the glasses in the mummy. Those are the two saddest <laughs> moments. <laughs> As someone who wears glasses, that was devastating. <laughs> Two saddest moments. Would you history. would you rather work at Wall Drug or as a beet farmer? Ooh, mm. Wall Drug. Mm. I want to give tours with the rocks. I want yeah. to have a rock place. Oh yeah, that does sound like fun. I don't want to work in an Amazon. Although they made I don't want to clean look, the campsite. Okay, I don't want to clean the campsite. I guess the book is much more harsh on Amazon. So that's there's been some blowback on this mm. movie that they weren't harsh enough. But I just think it. I think it, it, it been just wasn't what story. Chloe Zhao was yeah. interested in telling. Yeah. I think you can either do that movie or you can do the movie she yeah, decided to Yeah, it would have been caught up in a whole Because again, it's, she didn't make it about, I thought this movie was going to be like, uh, and listen, I am not into corporate, fun fact about me, I'm not into corporate America. Right. Like, but for corporate America. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Unless she's representing it in a, like a commercial. In a commercial and, and, then, and then please Then she has I, brand loyalty. I will suckle the teat of <laughs> capitalism. But uh, but I like that that, exactly, This it, the movie is not about that. It's about the reasons why people would choose yeah. choose yeah. to live kind of this lifestyle. Yeah. And I think that's, it's and, and so in that way it's not a punishing People are like, oh, it's going to be so sad. I'm like, it's not really. It's not two hours of punishing like these, no. these people are homeless or whatever. Yeah. It's 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 more it's more subtle than that. It's more interesting than that. Right. Um, I don't know. I really liked it. I thought it was very beautiful too. I cried. Yeah. I I mean, yeah. Craig knows me. I loved it. Yeah. yeah. Um. I yeah. Because I love I, I love Chloe Zhao. I guess. Yeah. yeah. Is, is it Zhao? Is that a pronounce? I think it's Zhao. Okay. Not her out loud. Zhao. No. Um, pronunciation. Um, yeah, I like love her. I guess is the, what I've like learned, and it's kind of predictably so. Um, I hope she wins. I, I think she better. I, she, I can't imagine um, she's not going to. Honestly, she won every yeah. precursor award. Um, but I love, and I do, Craig, Craig. I do kind of agree. Like there is that push and pull between the real and the fictional because I do think, like I, the writer is a movie that I loved at the time, and I love it. I've watched it a couple times since then, and I love it more now. Like yeah. I'd go back, and I'm like, at some point, I might be like, oh, that was my favorite movie that year. And it had more, it, writer had more moments of just like 
the reality, like you said, like right. you you literally watch a like a bullfighter guy who's been completely yeah. disabled, quadriplegic, and I think mentally not the other like watching himself bull ride or whatever, right. and like and and or, or bucking bronco ride and whatever it's called, uh, and and like it has like that reality and it really hits you in that way and it rodeo. makes you rodeo. You see is a rodeo his, guy doing rodeo stuff. I don't know what is it's this like. your first rodeo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it is not Megan. <laughs> um, but no, sorry, I fumbled through that. But but basically, like those real real moments, they do like hit wow, harder. Guys, Megan just filed. Di- <laughs> I just filed divorce papers on Megan for that oh, joke. I should file. <laughs> now you see what she does. That was <laughs> now you see what she does to me. Um, but it, but it, so it had like the moments and like the real cowboys sitting around a fire telling their stories, and it feels very real and personal and like. And that like was more emotionally effective, I think, than this movie throughout. Yeah. Like I had that thought throughout, but I think I liked I like Nomad Land more overall. Like in the context of like a two hour movie, because right. I think it did like it leaned into like her personal story, and yeah. I think I I would have been happy if this movie had been like thirty minutes longer, and there'd been a few more just scenes of her sitting listening to a real person. Yeah. Uh, tell the real story because I think that was the thing with the writer, and I even had this with Megan. Immediately after watching it, I kind of lo- we looked up some of these people, like, yeah. and we read the guy Bill, I think was his name, the like kind of guy, guy son, with the beard whose son, whose son yeah. had died. Yeah, and like it, and like it read the story like that was true, and like he hadn't talked to anybody about it, like right. he didn't tell. And like, this movie was literally him, like for the first time sharing this. Yeah, um, and that makes it that adds like this whole extra dimension to it. That's similar to like the writer, like you could watch the writer not knowing that they're not really they're not act I mean they're acting, but well, they are these people. That is how I watched the writer. Yeah. I mean too, yeah, when I kind I, of when I, after, through, I was after like, I saw it, I was like that was really interesting. The acting wasn't yeah, great. Yeah, the performance And then kind I of looked strange. it up and I was yeah. like, oh, it's because those are all the real people. Yeah, the real people doing what actually yeah. yeah, like and and so it's like and that's why kind of why I love the writer is like, it's a weird, different kind of movie. Yeah. Like it's, it's hard to categorize it. And no man land has elements of that. And yeah. it's a cool thing that she's but doing. But it also has the, the, the main but, central but, thrust of Francis McDormand. Yeah. And no man land stands as a movie better. I think in that way. And yes. we can talk about like, you know, I can't imagine anybody other than Daniel Kaluuya playing that role. And I, I don't know that you can have anybody other than Francis McDormand. He, she is so, let me, let me give you a pitch. You want to pitch me? Yeah. Lily. Is it Glenn Close? Because Lily. I swear to God. Okay. Think of, think about this, okay? Is it Meemaw? Addison Ray. <laughs> <laughs> On the road, doing TikTok dances yeah. here, there, and everywhere. Um, but it, so I, so yeah, so I love, I yeah, I you know, I just love this movie. But yeah, like I said, like it, it, it yeah, it, be, it becomes more of a like. I think it leans into Francis McDormand to the benefit of it as like a movie, like telling the story. But that said, I would love to see Chloe Zhao do like a series. Yeah. That leans a little more into the documentary style yeah. of it. Well, I've got um, good news for you. She's doing a little thing called the Eternals for the Marvel Cinematic yes. Universe. And so she's going to get the real Eternals yeah. to come in, tell their personal yeah. stories. When I die, guys, just throw a rock in a fire. Oh, we will. Also my body. Throw that in the fire, Yeah, too. it'll be in there. Don't worry. Promising young woman. P-Y-W. <laughs> you did a good job. You did it, Meg. Congratulations. <laughs> um, so... I think I don't know if we've ever mentioned this on the pod. I feel like this is an extremely divisive movie. Mm, I feel 100%. like a lot of people I talk to really love this movie, and a lot of people really don't like this. Which movie. is funny that 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 we're saying that because I'm coming in somewhere in the middle, right? Which because I, I, I completely agree with you. People I know that have like that have like flipped. Most people I know have like really flipped a shit over it, and I'm like, all right, okay. Like, talk about a movie that kind of leaves you cold. Yes. Like I. This movie looks 
awesome. It is uh, it is it looks really cool. It's it's all that like bright millennial pink. The she, pop music she, is good. Pop music's great. She looks great. All of the like outfits are fun. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Whatever. The the coffee shop is like so cute. You right. know what I mean? Like whatever. Um I don't know. I don't I don't let me tell you about this movie. I don't know. If the, this movie feels very disjointed to me. It feels yeah. like a um selection of sketches. Mm-hmm. Um, with a character in the middle, um, and some sketches and work f- more. Like the one, the sketch with Connie Britton works really well, right? But I feel like it's so tonally different, yes. like yeah. than what she's doing, like in the sketch in the scene with Christopher Mintz Plast. Yes. That, like, I can't, I can't get my footing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I feel like I feel like both ways about the movie. Like I've, I, I think the. I guess I guess what I'd say is I think it does like a really good job establishing oh the what it wants to do which is this world where women or women aren't believed or whatever right. like or I don't know you know the, it's hard to like sum it all up but just that 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 perspective and they're ignored and 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 this story happens all the time and then like even Connie Britton like like it, it even goes it goes to like every yeah, different Connie type Britton Alison Brie like you have like it's not just like the yeah, men that yeah, are like it's, denying it's everybody like and stuff. it's a whole cultural thing and it does such a good job setting up kind of that like almost like hopelessness of that mm-hmm. world and you totally get the Carrie Mulligan's perspective in that and she's great in it but I don't feel like it provided not that it's a movie's obligation to provide an answer but like some right. sort of like a resolution towards the end that like shows like oh this is where we can go or this is our like kind of mm-hmm. like the the thesis statement at the end of it like it did a good job like the atmosphere like I do think tonally it, 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 I agree that it kind of was like shifting a little bit but it was it was but but mainly to me that the was my problem was, there, was that I never quite like saw like okay was, so then what yeah and again it's like hard to say to drive because it's not like I almost wouldn't be like okay so what do we do and it's like not like all movies need to do that and that's not. No, but if you're setting it, up a problem in the if you're if but this I don't I agree I don't think every movie needs to do this but I think you're hitting on something where it's like if you're setting up this is such a this is such an endemic issue the the answer is not for uh, us to kill ourselves or put you know what I mean put right. ourselves in danger in that way so and I don't think that's what the movie is saying so yeah. I'm like so what are you saying I also I I think the end doesn't work at all I don't yeah think I, it, I, was I really don't think term, yeah. just in terms of like plot I don't think it makes sense yeah um, did she know she I mean she must he, have known but yeah then, but it, it was, didn't seem like what was she going to do to him if he didn't get out of the handcuffs are we supposed to believe that she always knew that he would be able to get out of handcuffs. Sorry, spoilers. We're spoiling all these movies. Yeah, big spoilers. Um, big time spoilers. It, ju- it just doesn't work for me um, at all. Also, like, the conceit that Bo Burnham's character wouldn't know yeah, that Nina that had was, died, but he yeah. still hangs out with all these people, and we find out from, um, what's it, Chris, whatever his name is, character, he knows so like the group yeah. knows. Yeah, it's it was not a like confusing. they. It's not like they left and then no one knew what happened to either of them ever. Like yeah. people knew that Nina and had were, died, and they were yeah. in medical like, school together. Yeah, right? like yeah. medical schools aren't that big. Exactly. And right. if something like yeah. that it's happens, not like, like, it was like they all went to junior and, high and he together. Also, yeah. Yeah. also, also, yeah. and then you hadn't seen these people for fifteen years. Yeah, yeah. and like, then it even took it further that like he didn't know he was in that video. Yeah, and like, or he like, I forgot about that, or what? Like it was, and and like. 
Like you wouldn't even forget after, this even girl after later on went to yeah. dot. Like, even after after you've like gone out with this girl for months, that you still don't like. Right, haven't connected things, and that yeah. like seemed like an earnest. Like I'd have believed it more if he was like, "Fuck, you found it." And yeah. then he's a shithead. But it seemed like he was like earnestly didn't remember it. There's or also something. like little things that don't track for me. Like Allison, there's the whole Allison Bree scene. She finally, you know, meets up with Carrie Mulligan's character again, gives her the tape. And then she has that line, she's like, never contact me again. Yeah. Where it doesn't seem like up until that point, like she was like, if anything, it seems like it was a come to Jesus moment for her to realize like her point, her part and everything. Yeah. But yeah. now she's mad she's at her. She's taking like, it back. I don't know. There were like a lot of like little script yeah. things like that that I didn't think. Yeah. I also say the casting, I, I, I appreciate it, but it was almost distracting. Like the fact that just like every single purse every single small like people came in clearly for molly shannon was there for an afternoon uh fucking yeah doc ock was there yeah 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 that's another scene that doesn't yeah, make sense to me yeah was she gonna have him beaten Beat? or murdered after we've seen everything else has just been sort of like psychological warfare yeah. against people yeah that seems that yeah. seems and like then a she really just let him off the hook because he felt bad about it yeah yeah well also like her and i don't like this is bad because this is i don't mean to i don't mean to gaslight but right but she does like take a baseball bat to a guy's truck for honking at her for stopping at a stop sign. Yeah. And at the very least, I don't think she's like insane, but like that's over the top. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it, and I well, don't. That's and crazy I don't, behavior. But I don't know that. And I don't know that the movie like treats it that way. It almost treats it as like good for you. Like yeah, yeah. She, I get why she did this. And like and I and I and I should say like if someone did that after her experience. You shouldn't judge them necessarily right. for that, but it should at least be seen as like, oh, this is a result of. I almost like, wanted trauma. more. Of, I almost wanted the movie more be pulpier and more savage. Yeah. I actually yeah. sort of thought, based on the trailer, that was what I was going to get. That this was going to yeah. also like basically be American Psycho. Yeah. Flipped. Yeah, me. Yeah, it's also not realistic that she's going home with these guys, right? Yeah, and then flipping on them and oh no she's like not drunk and make and all they do is feel bad like you can't tell me that these at least a couple of these guys wouldn't be angry and get violent with her like yeah. that's a that's some pretty and, risky you know, fucking like behavior. I do like that they you know they do it where it seems like it's like oh it's actually the good guy yeah. of the three mm-hmm. you know it's all these people so you know it's not just like these terrible, it's not like a serial rapist. It's, you know, these good, these so-called good guys are doing this, but I feel like they throw away that thesis at the end where we have these characters that are like supposedly just like regular guys dismember and burn her body. Yeah. Like (laughs) just because it's it's like, that's like a huge step. I feel like even for someone in this situation, and I know they're aping like things like very bad things and Mm -hmm. stuff where like the stripper gets killed Mm -hmm. and, um. Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like I could see the point that Emerald Fennell was trying to make with the movie, and I just feel like it gets away from. Yeah. That. Well, I thought that's all. I also really didn't like the wink, the winky, fa- the winky emoji at the end of the movie. Right. Yeah. Like that, it caps it off. Like, because that, like, she's dead. She's murdered. She lost. Like you know, yeah. like she, like it's a tragedy. It's yeah. devastating. It's horrible. And then, like, that it does the winky thing as if that's, for her, some sort of personal triumph, as if she did yeah. grab some power. It's I like, yes, these two guys are going to jail feels, for it, this, but you're dead. Your parents... Yeah, her, your parents, yeah. ...are going to be devastated. Like Molly, Molly Shannon's going to be, going to be devastated yeah. again. It's going to do horrible damage. Yeah. And so, like, 
like I I like the idea of the movie where they do get like she does somehow manage to grab the power back that that like I think what this movie is trying to do is also show that like it's not like there's no like true solution though the friend right. is dead and that's what yeah. Molly Shannon said it, I, I guess it, I guess my issue was that that everything after the Molly Shannon scene felt like it was like trying to fight against the Molly Shannon scene yeah, yeah. and the Molly Shannon scene was the and one that made, felt like the made real Molly Shannon look bad for yeah, being and, like and for being like you need to you move, need to move on. on yeah, yeah. and and like. Look, if the result is that she can't move on, like that's a very realistic thing and very sad and the movie yeah. can play it that way, but it kind of played it like she can't move on but she still won or something. Right. Like yeah. it didn't it didn't feel like the perspective was probably given on that that yeah. like move at the end. Like Now it, that being said, I found it immensely watchable. Yeah, it was like, very good. And I, it's a, like, it's a it the, it moves the per, like Carrie Mulligan is is very uh, she's very good. She's very likable. Yeah, she's, she's very... great. I mean, I think this, if it's not someone like Carrie Mulligan in this movie, like, I don't know what this movie is yeah. because I think she does a lot of heavy lifting. Yeah. Um, for and then every stuff that's not there in the role. Yeah. And then every new scene, you're like, who's going to be, who's going to play? Oh, it's Laverne yeah. Cox. Like, so right. for that reason, like, I guess you, it's almost like clickbaity, like it, like it, like from scene to scene. Um, but yeah, ultimately, it, it left me cold. I don't know yeah. what to say about it. Yeah. But I think, but I think, yeah, like the performances are good. I think, yeah, I think she's fantastic. I think Bo Burnham's like a very well cast person for that role. Yes. Like, so in yeah. terms of being likable and in terms of the turn and everything. Yeah. And he plays a role. Like so much is good about it. And like I said, like it, it does a great job having this consistent point of view for a while of like the world being stacked against her. Right. And relentlessly. Yeah. Um, yeah. It just, it, I think it's just that it's the type of movie that begs you so hard to look at the point of it that like it's hard not for me then to look at yeah. the ending yeah. Yeah. and like what it says and yeah so it's like hard but I'm like yeah one of those movies I'm like I'll see her next movie yeah yeah, I would love to she's very good yeah. like and also like yeah a great debut movie yeah Sound of Metal my favorite movie of the year Megan loves Sound of Metal Megan I fucking love it. this movie I fucking love this movie this movie I've seen a couple times it's a beautiful it's just it is a uh, it's a beautiful movie, uh-huh. and uh, and I um, I I uh, I've always liked Riz Ahmed. I actually didn't watch The Night of, which makes me want to oh, watch so that good. now. Yeah, I, people love it. I want to watch it. Um, I just think that it is such a such a heartbreaking movie, and this movie. I mean, again, the, at the end when he turns the his like you know hearing aid or whatever off and like find stillness. It is a little like on the, it's a little on the nose. It's a little hitting the head, you know, but I, but this is one of those things where it's, but it was so satisfying to see that kind of come full circle. And it's, and I, and again, I think this is also a movie that like has a lot to say, but, and, and has a lot of different perspectives, but does it in a seamless way? Like, cause it's, it's a movie about an addict. It's a movie, you know, and about, and, and about addiction and it's a movie about, but it's also a movie about like, you know, whatever disabilities and, and, or people being seen with hearing that have, you know, disabilities. And then it's also a movie about love, like tr- the transformative power of love. Right. And how, and, and shit like that. And they, and it all just wraps up into the human experience and it ends in Paris. And I love this movie. Hmm. And I love that guy. He, the guy that who's apparently just been a, in, in the mix for such a long time as an actor. The character actor. What's the, the char- um, character I don't know. Actor. It's Paul, and I don't know if it's Racy or Rocky. It's R-A-C-I. It makes me think it's Racy, right. but I think I've heard people say Rocky also, so I'm, I'm just not sure of the Is pronunciation. Is he nominated? 
He is nominated for Best Supporting Actor. He's a big stage actor actually in Los Angeles. Interesting. He's worked with Deaf West, which is sort of an internationally yeah. renowned um, scene. I saw their Spring Awakening. Um, when I, he comes back, yeah. when Rami Malek comes back after having the not Rami Malek, how, not Rami Malek, how dare fucking I? Fucking dare you? How dare you. I? Was <laughs> comes back from having um, the surgery and walks into the house. Like we talk about, like the scene. Yeah. What is the like Oscar scene or whatever? The scene where he's just like, I can't have you stay here, and he's. And he's, mm-hmm. in, you know, and he's like in, in like just about in tears. It's, it is a beautifully heartbreaking movie, but that is ultimately uplifting. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think you can't talk about this movie without talking about the sound design, which I think is yeah. actually incredible. Yeah. Um, it's one of those things like, I think of all of the awards that could go out, I'm going to be mad if Daniel Kaluuya doesn't win Best Supporting Actor. But if Sound of Metal doesn't win sound, I think mm. I would be furious. Yeah. <laughs> it's so yeah. Yeah. Cool. the the way that it flips is so fucking cool. Yeah, yeah. and it uses it well through. Like it's like because the first time it kind of does the sound thing where it's like going choosing where it's deaf to show yeah. like the perspective and stuff. You're like, okay, this movie is doing that. Yeah, and it's not like it's not like the basic idea of doing that. I think is like, oh, that makes yeah in a deaf in a movie about someone going losing their hearing. That's what you would do. Yeah. But they use it so well, yeah. like yeah. so creatively throughout the whole thing. And it never gets old. It never feels gimmicky. And it they do it in different ways. Like At the end it. Yeah, when she's singing yeah. with her father and then it, and you hear you, she's singing the song and then you hear what it slowly, you start to hear what it sounds like to him. Yeah. It's just, uh, yeah, it's so, it's yeah, so, it's all seamless. handled so well. Yeah. Like it, yeah, it really was a, I will say the only part of the movie that I think falters is when we get back to them and we're sort of learning about like Lou's background when like he's like explaining like her mother Mm -hmm. killing herself and stuff like that. I thought it was interesting, but I was like, at this point that it's not her story at all. Like in the last fourth of the movie, we don't need a 10 minute exposition. Right. Um, where we're learning kind of all about Lou. Right. Um, I know we definitely need the party scene because we need to see how overwhelmed he is now yeah. by all the sound. Well, and that, that moment too of just like where I think it, I, I don't think we need that long expedition. I agree with you. I don't think that, but I do like, again, it's a, it speaks to the, uh, the power of, you know, love and, and, and bringing us back from the brink. And I think it's, it was important to know that it wasn't just her saving him. He also saved her. Like right. it was a, you know, that's why it's so much more devastating when she's like, and then we're going to, yeah, we're going to get back into it. And she's like, kind of like picking at herself and then, yeah. you know, you realize it's, it's over. Is there anything you love enough that if you were already losing a sense, you'd continue doing it, even though you'd definitely lose that Eating. sense. So if you were losing your sense of taste and, and they it said, was like, don't said, eat. If you, just don't like gorge on this meal today. You're like, if you just like stop eating like a crazy person. Yeah. I mean, I could never stop. Oh, you'll, then you'll get to keep your, then you get to you'll keep, get to keep your sense of taste. I mean, if you put, depends on what you put in front of me, you know what I mean? There's, if, if there's like a, if there's like a mound of McDonald's French fries, could you imagine anything worse? And then, and just being what like, if I just you put can't, it, what if I just put can't. like a really high end cheese plate in front of you? Oh <laughs> my God. I cannot, I could not, I could not. Oh, God, that makes me want some cheese. Or if I was like, you can keep your sight, but you can't have this one glass of wine. (laughs) (laughs) I'd be like, I can't do it. I can't do it. I got it. I mean, like, what is it? Whispering Angel? Is it the angel? I mean, it's whatever you want. It's whatever you're like. She doesn't whisper to me. Yeah. 
She yells. Wow. Um, I will say, as a, I, I drummed, and I, you gotta wear, you gotta wear uh, earplugs. <laughs> yeah, you gotta wear headphones, <laughs> earplugs. You, you gotta throw so something up on yeah. that, was, that was one thing early on. You did drum. You, remember when we first uh, started dating? You had drums, and I was like, this, yeah, these I, are gotta go. <laughs> yeah. So now I don't drum, <laughs> but I can hear Megan, wow. so it pays <laughs> off. It all <laughs> so comes out in the great. wash. You did. You you still do have two guitars that you never play. Well, I'm scared what will happen to those. Yeah. <laughs> Tossed in the bin with the drum set. We're on a little bit of a time crunch, so let's get on to our last okay. nominated film, The Trial of the Chicago 7. Oh, baby, Aaron Sorkin. <sighs> the frustrating thing about this movie is, even though it's like Aaron Sorkin and it's Aaron Sorkin history, it's such an immensely watchable it film. Is. Yeah. And it really crackles until like the last seven minutes, and then I think he fucks himself entirely. Yeah. Is that not... Aaron Sorkin. No, it is. And I mean, that's what we should expect. <laughs> yeah. But I was like, I was so like digging the movie, even though like, particularly in a year with like Judas and the Black Messiah, where like the Bobby Seal, Fred Hampton stuff, I think the Bobby Seal stuff actually happened before it either happened before Fred Hampton died or after. But this trial, like Fred Hampton did not die in the During midst the of the trial. trial. Or if he did, it was not when Bobby Seal had already been like tied up in court. Um, I think because they reference it also in Judas, and I think in Judas that timeline is more correct, that yeah. Fred Hampton was still alive when that mm-hmm. happened. Um, oh, you're telling me Aaron Sorkin manipulated? Played with history a little yeah. bit. Um, Franklin Joe is like the villain of the year in a year filled with villains. Ugh. Like, yeah. I know Not you hate guy. him. I don't understand why he wasn't the play for best supporting actor from this movie. Yeah. Because... This is a guy who's been, like, a well-known actor for almost 50 years. Yeah. Like, this could be, like, his final achievement. Mark Rylance has already won. Michael Keaton's role's not big enough. I don't really understand why it's Sasha Barrett Cohen, is who's been pushed since the beginning, who I think is good. Again, an age thing. He's, like, 20 years older than Abby Hoffman was yeah. like, yeah. at this time. But Oh, I think he kind of steals the movie for me. I, yeah. I, I, I like... I, Sasha Baron Cohen is... is uh, Immensely, and I think also the fact that people are like, "That's Bo-. like in the same year that Borat came out." It's it shows some range. Um, Can I just say cast American though. I know. Like, could we not? We couldn't find um, three of our eight guys <laughs> that are were Americans. Like we had. Yeah, to right. Cast. Eddie Redmayne's fucking and yeah. Alex, whatever his name, and who plays Eddie Redmayne's like other guy, Little dude, the one that gets yeah. his head cracked in is British. Right. Alex Sharp. Hmm. I, I I don't know. It's just it's too hard to I don't know. I know I'm I know too much about Aaron Sorkin and the newsroom and everything to me about Aaron Sorkin is that fucking scene at the start of the newsroom is where he like is like America isn't the greatest country in the world, yeah. but it can be. Right. Yeah. And it's just that version of that modern like American He's my dad. Yeah, he's Oregon is my dad. dad. He's my um, dad. But it's just it's just that American like gloss that like is like pretending to I mean it's like a version of a fake wokeness almost where yeah. it's like, yeah, like we're gonna acknowledge the racism and the problems and stuff like that. But 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 America is actually good. Right. Like, you know, it is it is actually there is a good version when it's like that's why, like, I'm more into, like, the Judas and the Black Messiahs that right. are like, no, 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 <laughs> yeah. it's not actually, yeah. like, we yeah. started from slavery, and, yeah. that, like, that was the beginning, like, the root is not, like, this ideal yeah. that, and so Aaron Sorkin, like, had that way of, like, looking back on, like, yeah, when newscasters were good and everything was right, and I was a kid, and I ate TV dinners or whatever Aaron Sorkin <laughs> did, and, like, he, and, and so it's just, and he glossed over, and, like, 
I hate, I don't like Sasha Baron's performance, not because he doesn't do a good job in it, but because he's playing Abby Hoffman as a guy who like thinks America's good and right. like is cool. And Abby Hoffman was like an anarcho-communist. Like he like was not, he wouldn't like, it plays him as like, kind of like, like a scamp. Yeah. And this is totally the movie. His performance is good. I don't put any of this on, on him, but like, it just feels like it misses the bark in terms of presenting like the actual politics and point of view of some of these guys. Yeah. Well, like again, he wasn't revolting not, against it, like the like principal judge, like the judge is the principal. Larry yeah. Kajal is the principal in this movie yeah. and they're like the scampy kids. Yeah. And like, it was so much bigger of a divide than that. And it yeah. like the state and, and in a weird way that like lightens the stakes a bit. And yeah. at the same time, it does make it more entertaining and watchable. Like yeah. it is like cra- it's crackling or whatever and yeah. witty and, and, and clever and it goes throughout there. But then like, it just loses all the, like this like, emotional heft that's there. And because it's a true story, it just makes it so much harder for me to take then in a year where I feel like there, so many of these movies are smaller stories, but done with such enormous scope. This feels like the inverse. It is such a big story, but just seen through such a small seen through such a small lens. That's a really profound statement that I just made. I'm sorry. I wasn't listening. What'd you say? Sorry. What was that? (laughs) Sorry, my headphones, I think, went out for a second. You guys, I was just you guys are off. fucking assholes, and also, you, do you listen to women, you know? Believe women. Listen to... And, I, and you know what I am? trash promising you. <laughs> no. See, I feel bad I'm about... I'm not like I'm bad about... Like, that movie is like... I think oh, it you're going to obsess over it. He's, oh, he's, yeah. He's, he went on well, Dope Boys to talk hard, about how great fucking... The, the uh, Snyder Cut The Snyder Cut was, and yeah. oh, I'm not, I don't, that. I don't regret that opinion. When you leave in a second, Maddie and I are doing two hours about the Snyder Cut. Yeah. Which I will say, Craig Informe is not eligible for the Oscars for this year, so I'll not be getting into it. But I'm just saying, Promising a Woman does such a good... Like, I... It's like giving backwards? a woman's perspective. Yeah. I feel bad for... I mean, all right. Um, <laughs> Are we going backwards? So Trial of Chicago 7. I always, always going backwards. <laughs> um, yeah, super watchable. I think I think for me, like, Keaton's, the Keaton thing is amazing. Michael Keaton's the best. Like, love Michael Keaton. Everybody loves Michael Keaton. Um, I think it, for me, it's like when they all stand up at the end, including Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and he has that line I where know. it's like... A, that, of course, that moment did not happen. I mean, they did not start reading everybody's name and everybody stood up. That's a fiction. A make them up. That's a make them up. Yeah. And it's just so stupid. That's like Jesse Plemons needs to be a little bit. And like he's doing that. They have like Frank Langella, like, they're just like, okay, just like bang your gavel for 14 minutes. So we're just going to shoot this out. Um, I remember the first time I watched it, I was like, what the fuck? I'm mad. And then when I rewatched it, I was like, still mad. It actually <laughs> happens even later than I thought. I thought it like fell apart like in the last like twenty minutes. And I was like, no, it's really like the last six minutes. That scene like just makes me so mad. Um, any other thoughts before we rank the nominees? I'm glad I didn't watch that. And that's that's a real that movie really benefited from being on Netflix yeah. in the early, you know, or like in like October. In or the mid pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. I think Should Abby we, Hoffman would have hated the trial of the Chicago Seven. <laughs> I think you're probably right. Think you're did, you, did you see Adam McKay just said that Aaron Sorkin was like the right wing version of him? <laughs> <laughs> um, let's do it this way. Let's all let's do like we'll do eight yeah. eight eight seven seven seven. Okay. So Maddie, your number eight. My number eight. I call it stank. Some call it mank. <laughs> Megan, your number eight. My number eight is also mank. I'm going to get some blowback from this. My number eight is Promising Young Woman. You. Oh, boo. Number seven, Maddie. 
fittingly for number seven, <laughs> I have the trial of the Chicago seven. Meg. Um <laughs> You should have written these down. <laughs> I really should have written it down. Like, She's really... gonna end up with like some of the, like Chicago seven number one because she forgot about <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta tell you, I think it's Minari. I'm okay. sorry. Really? Apologies to Minari. Uh, oh. Mine is also the trial of the Chicago seven. Number six. Uh, Promising Young Woman. And this is, and we, I feel like every time we do this, I have like the line between the movies that I'm like, yeah. okay, that were good and got, should have gotten nominated versus not. And right. I think this is where we, like Promising Young Woman, it's the first one where I'm like, okay, that was actually good. Like well made. Um, and then I'm going to say, now I'm going to say Trial of Chicago 7. Okay. I'm going to say The Father. Number five. The Father. Megan. The Father. And this is where I have Mank. And this actually is probably my separation point, I think. I don't hate any of the, these movies, but for me, no, like, there was no... a jump for me between my top four and my bottom four. Mm-hmm. Number four, Maddie. Number four, Minari. Meg. I think there's a jump for me between So Promising Young Woman and then the... Jump is the top the, three for you. Yeah, the jump is the top three. Uh, I have Nomadland at four. Wow, four. Yep. Three, Maddie. I'd say there's another jump here. These three I put these three are hard for me. These three mix together in different ways. And I can but uh three I have Judas and the Black Messiah. Mm-hmm. Meg. Three I have Judas and the Black Messiah. And this is where I have Minati. Maddie number two. Number two for me. This was a great movie, but not the number one movie of the year. Sorry, Meg. It's Sound of Metal. Megan. No, Madland. Yeah. And I have The Sound of Metal. Um, so that means, number ones, Maddie's got No Madland. No Madland. It's long. It's meandering. It's my kind of jam. I'll sit there, watch it on mute for two hours. Megan's got Sound of Metal. <laughs> and I have Judas and the Black Messiah. So I did All three different. So I did something this year. I didn't tell any of you I did this. Uh-oh. I emailed every guest... <gasps> That we have had on this podcast. Oh my god, you did! And not. I asked them to send me their rankings of the wow. best picture films. What? About, what is happening? About half of them emailed me back. Okay. Some of those had only seen one or zero of the best picture nominees. Wow. <laughs> Who's seen zero? Um, Todd Briscoe had not seen any. Okay. Um, but so I kind of so I did three different things. Um, I did it the way the Oscars do it. So the way the Oscars do it is. They take all of them. Whatever gets the least first place votes. Oh, like preferential? Yeah, they then take whatever they had as number two, and then you keep doing that until someone has the majority. Okay. So first I did it with people, because a lot of people had only seen three. So I did it with at least three, and Nomadland ended up winning. Mm. When I did it with people that had at least seen five, so a majority of the films, Minari won. Okay, interesting. And then when I did it with people that had seen... All eight nominees, which are only five of the people that emailed me back, Nomadland won again. Oh. Interesting. Oh. I will say Minari does seem like the movie to me that like would make very much make sense as like the one that wins because everyone likes it. I think amount. I think like, no- like I could see I could yeah. see Nomadland turning people off, I yeah. guess, even yeah. though I loved it. Like and Minari, I'm like, if you don't if you just straight if, up don't like Minari, like, there's some It feels like Minari is gonna be like a top three or four for yeah. most of the people that vote for it, which could because of preferential ballot winning, but I think actually Nomadland is going to be number one on a lot of ballots, and I think it's actually also going to be one of those top four movies for a lot of people. So yeah. I think it still will win. 
Um, I would be, I think I'd be pretty surprised at this point if anything else won. I guess Trial of the Chicago 7 would be the closest to like a green book yeah. Yeah. like white person's view of history. That could be a spoiler, but I think it's going to be Nomadland. Minari would not shock me. Anything else I'd be pretty surprised, pretty surprised about. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a best actor pick? Um, my best actor pick is probably Riz Ahmed. I voted. For, I voted for him for the SAG. I voted for Riz for the SAG. Chadwick Boseman's going to win. Yeah, I mm. that yeah I I I I feel like he's a very good, nice man. R.I.P. Chadwick Boseman. Yeah. I don't want to say anything negative, yeah. but this I mean he was. I I would have. I think I would have him actually over Steve Young or Gary Oldman anyway. Um, but I think Anthony Hopkins and Riz Ahmed give fuller performances. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, Chadwick's going to win. What about Best Actress? Who are my nominees? Viola Davis. Carrie. Carrie. Fran. Vanessa Kirby in Pieces of a Woman. And Andre Day and So I Billie didn't Holiday. I yes, haven't watched I haven't watched the People versus Billy Holiday. And I'm gonna be honest with you, I probably won't. Mm-hmm. Um I do wanna watch Pieces of a Woman because I'm into Vanessa Kirby and that subject matter interests me. Um, you told me I could watch the first 20 minutes and then not the rest. I, I didn't get around to that yet. I would say I, I can't imagine somebody beating I Gotta Tell You Viola Davis. I think I, I voted for this her for like the SAG. This is like the category that's like the most up in the air because Viola won the SAG. Francis McDormand just won the BAFTA. The Critics' Choice was won by Carrie Mulligan. Andre Day won the Golden Globe. Um, so it's really up in the air. I also voted for Viola Davis. Yeah, she really, she's, she is giving it 1,000%. Yeah. And I think that movie works largely because of her. I think what works in Francis, I think Francis McDormand would ride the Snowmadland win, except she just won mm-hmm. three years ago, and yeah. she already has two Best Actress wins. There's Catherine Hepburn is the only person to ever win more than two Best Actress trophies. Meryl Streep and Ingrid Bergman have three awards, but one of them is a supporting award. Right. So... Um, so that will be interesting to see as well. Mm. Maddie, you have any thoughts? On Best Actress? Yeah. I guess I was, I mean, I guess Viola Davis was like my favorite. Yeah. But also like I'm, it wasn't, it was like a, it felt like a much smaller role than I thought it would be in the context of the movie. Yeah. So it yeah. is it's almost weird. It was it hard for me to like look at it in that it way. It would be funny for her to win leading actress for this after she won supporting for Fences where she's clearly like yeah. the secondary. Yeah, so. like yeah. She's the co-lead <laughs> with the Denzel and yeah, that. Because so. that's what I'm saying, like to put her next to like Frances McDormand, right. who just was the entire movie was the camera yeah. on her, like doing so much work. I think it, it also weird, comes down to like Frances McDormand, like it doesn't seem like she's acting, but also like is she acting or is yeah. she just being herself? Yeah. Just being Whereas herself like on Viola Davis Viola is Davis much is more transforming a... into something. Yeah, that's her. why I, I voted yeah. for, for her. Supporting Kaluuya, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, for... it's a, that's a bummer. There's such, there's, I like, I don't know, I love Leslie Young Jr. And I didn't love One Night in Miami because yeah, I didn't, I didn't love, love what it did to yeah. Sam Cooke, but I loved him right. playing Sam yeah, Cooke in that movie. I thought he did a good job, but yeah. And then I think we all are happy with uh grandma grandma winning yeah. um although i think Mar- maria Bacalova. but which grandma is, you oh mama of course me, me, mama, yeah, we're talking right? about Glenn Close. Mama. <laughs> um although i think what maria Bakalova does in borat is sort of incredible like just being I, this, an unknown actress and coming out of nowhere and doing that i think is what did she do to you like i think just holding ground with sasha barrett cohen as that character yeah. alone is amazing okay i'm not talking about like the rudy giuliani stuff like i think it's fine but i think like being able to go like toe to toe with him comedically like 
I don't know who could do that who has years of experience. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Yeah. And, and just the, the improviness of it. And like, yeah. it, those, that movie is interesting. It's so uncomfortable. It's like, I can't yeah. imagine being in it because it's, watching it is, there's so many yeah. uncomfortable points. Yeah. Chloe Zhao is going to win Best Director, um, which I'm fine with as well. Yeah. Um, best, and I want to say, uh, I watched Another Round, which I really mm-hmm. liked, but Collective should win Best uh, Foreign Film. I think it should win Best Foreign Film and, and best, best Documentary, documentary. and I don't think it's going to win either. Really? Yeah. Oh, I think Another Round will win um, International Film, and I think... My Octopus Teacher is actually the front runner. It yeah, just won people, the Producers Guild people Award. People love that movie. I, I like that movie, too. I think it's going to be that or Time. I haven't, that's the one we haven't yeah. watched. What else? What are, I mean, The Mole Agent, the I mole honestly agent. really yeah, loved. We loved yeah. um, I have to watch that. But collective I, like, was, collective like, blew me away. Yeah, Collective was yeah. heartbreaking. Yeah. Maddie, do you have any other movies you want to shout um, out? There was one that I wanted to shout out that I don't think was actually, it wasn't actually eligible. Yeah. I know this, but it like I look at it as, as like a movie experience, and I wish it had gotten more attention. I mean, those that saw it, I think, loved it, but American Utopia... Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm a big Talking Heads fan, so I obviously went in in the hole for David Byrne. But I think like it's a fantastic show. Yeah, it feels very relevant and modern, and like you know, like in the way that you know. And I think a lot of the movies that I liked in this year were that too. And I think like Spike Lee did a fantastic job um, directing it, like adding his personal touch. Like there's moments that are like, oh, that's a Spike Lee thing to yeah. do. Yeah, um, which is cool to watch. But he doesn't. That. But he doesn't also like he doesn't get too heavy into right. there too. Like he did a great job like interpreting the show. Um, and I just loved every second of it. Yeah. yeah it I just, n- I never know where something like that falls. Like, yeah. I don't know if a concert film falls, I guess it falls under documentary, but it's not really a, like, yeah, I you don't can know. make those more documentary based and this is not, it's really just shooting the stage show. Yeah. So, and it's not, yeah, it's, yeah. So it's just like, it was like just a sure, like two hours of things that I most enjoyed watching this year. That did would you, be number did one. you at all feel like you were on the road to nowhere? I did the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> um, definitely in my top five is uh, uh, Never Rarely, Sometimes, Always. Mm-hmm. Did I get it right? I yeah, did. Yeah, you did. Um, uh, that movie is, uh, again, subject matter that really speaks to me, and uh, that movie was I thought was great. Particularly, again, we've talked about this, like the, the scene that the, the, the title yeah. comes from is like, is an all-timer. Yeah. Is, is, one of, is like maybe one of the best scenes of this year. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely think people should check out Collective. If you haven't, it actually is available on Hulu now, so you don't even have to pay for it. Yeah, and Never Rarely Sometimes Always is on HBO Max. HBO Max as is and American, American Utopia. Utopia is on HBO Max. Mm-hmm. So there you go. And The Mole Agent is on Hulu. Hulu. I have to watch that. It's a little it's more, good. it's a little brighter. Yeah. It's yeah. touching, but it's it's a little, and I think that's why I lean towards that over Collective. Because no. yeah. I, this, like I said, this year I wanted things that were a little more satisfying punishing. and collective. Yeah, cool. Definitely not. I won't spoil, but yeah. <laughs> it's harsh sometimes yeah. in punishing. Romania. Um, um, Maddie, do you have anything you'd like to plug? Um, no, not really. I don't know. Go If you subscribe to the Doughboys Patreon and for some reason haven't, go listen to me talk about the Snyder Cut for two hours and get really yeah. mad at me. Yeah. Or you can just listen to Maddie and I talk a different two hours about yes. the Snyder Cut. Uh, oh we'll God. put that up on our Patreon feed. I'm so exhausted um, even thinking about Meg, that. Meg, anything to plug? Um, no. Great. My dog? Oh, my dog has a has an Instagram. Perfect. The Mighty, Go- Mighty, not the, Mighty Golden Quinn. My dog has an Instagram. That's yes. what I'm, that's where we're, that's what we've come to. Yes. We are plugging my dog. You should Instagram. have just named it Manfred Mann's Mighty Quinn. <laughs> <laughs> what um, have you, what's your favorite movie that you've seen in the theater this year? Have you seen a 2021 release yet? My, yes, my favorite 2021 movie currently 
is Raya and the Last Dragon. Okay. Oh, I found it very touching, that. although hmm. I also liked Nobody quite a bit. And um, I suggest uh, I if you can see, see Godzilla vs. Kong, it's stupid, but if you can see it in a theater, it's fun Where to see it? in a theater. Okay. Um, you can follow us at The Oscar Should Have Gone To on Instagram or Facebook, The Oscar Should on Twitter. Um, we'll be back in a couple weeks with 2004, talking best actor, best actresses, and then we'll jump back to the 50s after that. Um, thank you so much, as always, for listening. If you like what you hear, please rate and review us on the old iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And uh, stay safe. Get get that jab. Get that jab, guys. So we can all go back to theaters if, you know, if other ones exist. open. Um, we are be, we will be buying the Cinerama Dome. Um, so check please, out the Oscar please. should have gone to Cinerama Dome. Yeah. You can send us money on Venmo. Please send us money um, at to the buy Oscar that. should. Um, we will run the, if you if you do, we'll let you come see movies for free. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, well, not totally free. Depends on how much you send us. Mm. Um, thanks for listening. We will talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. <laughs>